When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey everyone, Andy here, back with another of our favourite episodes from last season on Football Ramble Presents. Now today's Ramble Meets guest is not a single player or fan, but a whole club. One of Spain's most beloved, in fact. I spoke to loads of people involved with Celta Vigo about what makes the club and the city so unique. People such as journalist Alexandra Jonsson and players Joseph Aidu and Nolito, two of the club's biggest stars. It's a great listen and a unique look into a whole club and its roots, which is something we'd like to do more of next season. Enjoy. You think you know Spain, right? Sun and sand, churros and chorizo, Furia Roja and Flamenco. Well, you're half right, but there's more to it than that. Just like there's more to Spanish football than Barcelona and Madrid. And in every far-flung corner of Spain, the players and fans are ready to come together again and maybe spring a few surprises on its giants. One of the proudest of those outliers is up in Galicia in the northwest. And we're going to get to know them a little better. Welcome to Ramble Meets Celta Vigo. We get our share of Spanish football in the English language media, but most of it is from just two cities. Even Atletico's rise to prominence has not changed the geographical focus of most of our La Liga consumption, with Valencia having slowly slid from the front line. Now, back when their legendary manager Rafa Benitez was dragging sackloads of silverware through the Mestalla gates, 
Celta were in there too, reaching the Champions League last 16 in 2004 before they ended up relegated in the very same season. Now Celta are often seen as more a niche concern. So how did prominent Swedish journalist Alexandra Jonsson, who has written, spoken and presented on Spanish football for several years, end up in Vigo? We had a Swedish player, John Gadetti, who was playing for Celta de Vigo. And once he, while he was playing here, I would go quite a lot to, to Vigo or just travel around Spain, to be honest, to do, uh, uh, to do work and coverage. And because he was the only Swede in La Liga and a name that at that point was uh, very interesting for, for media and for the readers, I would go to, to quite a lot of Celtic games, both away and, uh, and here in Vigo. Uh, so that's how I started to, to discovering Galicia and, and Vigo, which I, where I had never been before, uh, what, even though I'd been traveling all over Spain. Um, and then when I decided that I was going to, to move back to Spain because I lived in, in Barcelona previously, I was kind of deciding between different places. At the first, it was between the north of Spain and the south of Spain. Um, and it ended up becoming the north because I realized that I would probably die of the heat <laughs> in the south. So for, for the climate reasons and, and for my own health, uh, I guess the, it, the north would probably be better. But I knew I didn't want to be in Barcelona or Madrid where everyone else is, but do something a bit different. And Vigo is certainly different. The city, like Celta the club, tends to hold people tight once it gets hold of them. Paula Anton was drawn from her home in Latin America by her love for and connection with both city and club. Uh, I am Mexican. I lived in Mexico my whole life, but my family um, from my mom's side, they are from here, from Vigo. Uh, due to the insecurity in Mexico and personal reasons, I moved to Vigo like about a year ago. So I, I live here now. But my whole life, I've only come here for vacation, holiday, uh, to visit my family. So I've been far away from the city and from the family, but I love this place. So being away and having the team to watch every weekend and cheer on and see if I could find, I don't know, my friends or my cousins in the, in the public, it, was, it makes you feel a little bit closer to home for maybe two hours <laughs> so and it was also really nice like when we were able to come here for holidays to go and watch um, a match um, and because we don't have this quality of football in Mexico um, it's a different <laughs> kind of football but yes that's more or less why we me and my family are so um, I don't know keen to the team Vigo is, well, different. I think in, in general, Spain as a country is so different. Like from if, if you're traveling around Spain, it's like traveling through different countries when it comes to the culture uh, and the way the places are. Uh, so, so definitely it's, it's very different from what I think majority of, of foreigners or tourists sees as Spain. Like you say, it's flamenco, it's bullfighting, it's sangria, paella. None of those things you can find here. I, I wouldn't even, if, if someone came to visit me and said, oh, I want the sangria because I'm in Spain, I wouldn't know where to go. Uh, I don't know a single place where you can get, get sangria here. So, so yeah, it's a, it's a different world in that sense. And I think because the way Spain is, where you have, it's a very kind of splittered country in, in, in some ways. Um, people probably know about Catalonia and the Basque country and, and their wanting to be independent and all that but 
even if you take the other regions, even if there isn't the will of becoming independent, they are all very different from each other. And the way that most people see Spain is more like, I would say, the south part, um, maybe Madrid and Barcelona, the, the tourist places. That's what people see as Spain. But there is so much more to Spain that is, is very, very different from those places. It's the food and it is just the the climate and, and what it looks like. It, it's extremely, extremely beautiful. And when I talk about Vigo, I will also point that in. I don't actually just speak about Vigo itself, but all the small villages that, that kind of around. And like from my from my apartment, I can see Ria de Vigo. So then I see the other side of, of Ria de Vigo as well and, and the small villages there. So, so for me, all of these places together kind of creates Vigo because it's the the views that you, you get from the city of all of these places that kind of is a part, in my sense at least, of, of what Vigo is and what makes Vigo so special. It's not just the city itself, but everything around, all the incredible beaches you have here, uh, the well, the water, of course, the, the sea is a huge, huge thing when it comes to Galicia. Uh, and then you have the food. Um, I think in, in Spain in general, a lot of people see Galicia as the kind of the, the best place when it comes to food. And wherever you go in Spain, there will be Galician restaurants. Um, and it's the north in general, I would say, is, is really good for food. The Basque country as well and, and Asturias as well. Uh, but like to, to explain it in, in a short sentence is really uh, if you would go out to go to a restaurant, uh, you can just pick anyone and you will not get bad food. I've never had bad food in Galicia. You can have good food or you can have incredible food. So it's like all of those things combined and, and the fact that it's a little bit of a paradise, but you don't have the, the tourism that has taken over as you have in, in other parts of Spain that are, are really beautiful as well. Defender Joseph Aidu, who signed for Celta in summer 2019 after spells at Hammerby and Genk, might have arrived here for different reasons, but he too has been swept up by Vigo's charms. Uh, for me, it's, it's, it's better than where I've been because first I was in Sweden and I went, I went to Belgium and that place is really cold. So for me here, for me here, the weather is, is better for me. And compare uh, the place I was living here I'm more close to the, the sea, the view, and everything is, is, is good. Probably when I'm going to buy grocery, or maybe if I want to go eat uh, at a restaurant or someplace, definitely people notice me and they said, ah, oh, come on, Joseph, come on, let's go, come on. And some, sometimes on internet and stuff. So you talked about going out to, to eat in Vigo. If I'm not from Vigo, what's the thing that I need to go and eat? For me, I, I don't actually know, but for me personally, uh, I like to eat uh, at a place called Casamaco. Okay, yeah. what do they do there? Yeah, they have they have some good stuff. And yeah. For me, I, I always like to eat uh, uh, pulpo with salad with, with, with uh, manzana and they have their, their kind of way of doing it. I, I can let you in on a little secret, uh, which is that when people speak about Galicia and Vigo, they say that it's horrible weather, it rains all the time, it's foggy, uh, and so on. And sure, it rains in Vigo, it is foggy, but it isn't anywhere close to, to what people say. 
And actually, the, the Galician people, they are quite smart because they use this. So it's, it's kind of a joke among, among people here that when they speak to each other, they talk about the paradise they live in. But when they speak to anyone outside of Galicia, they just tell them about how much it rains, how horrible it is. <laughs> Basically, because, you know, they don't want Galicia to become taken over by tourism. They, they have no problem with tourists being here. They are very welcome and they are very proud on, to, to show all their food and, and, and everything. They, they're extremely proud of, of Galicia and what it has to offer, but they don't want you know, it's to become like many parts of Spain where, where the tourist takes over. So they, they kind, of, kind of put a little bit of a white lie of how much it rains. It do rain. I'm not going to say that it doesn't, but from my experience, you know, it's, it's more sunny days than it's rainy days. So, so it's a paradise. So that's one reason to go here. It's incredible food. It's extremely cheap. And, uh, and then it's a pretty good football team who plays here. Once upon a time, Celta were even better. A bit like their Galician rivals, Deportivo La Coruña, who won La Liga in 2000 and were a whisker away from reaching the Champions League final in 2004, they found that their geographical location limited their potential for growth and banged their heads on the glass ceiling. Hard. Uh, I think the people in charge and, and kind of falling into the trap, which a lot of Spanish clubs have fallen into, where you start spending money that you don't really have. And, and you start of wanting to become this European force, become this big, great club. And for that, you need this uh, really expensive, fancy players, but you actually can't really afford them. Um, and I mean, Celta and Depor are two examples of it, but you can find it all over Spain. And we have clubs where it's gone really, really badly for. We have some that has managed to change the situation. And what, uh, what happened for Celta was that they they were so close that, that you can basically to, to going bust because they were down in, in, Segunda, in Segunda and being very, very close to, to Segunda B, where was, everything basically came down to, to one match. Since 2004's relegation, it had got much worse. By early summer 2009, they stood on the brink of relegation to the Segunda B, the never-ending Spanish third tier, which was unthinkable for the club. Enter Iago Aspas. Born in Moaña, a short ferry ride to the northwest of central Vigo, he had first come to the club's academy at the age of eight. By 21 years old, he was thrown on against Alaves for his second ever first team appearance by coach Eusebio Sacristan and scored twice, saving his team when it looked as if they were going to be overwhelmed by choppy waters. <laughs> The team that lost would most likely be going down to Segunda B. For Alaves, that meant several years um, in, in the lower divisions and then building back up. For Celta, that would have meant that the club wouldn't exist anymore because of what they have done during the Euro Celta days in, in spending that money. It meant that the, the club was in so much debt that going out of, of Segunda and going down to the third division, which means that you don't get the same TV money like the you go to semi-professional football, it's not completely professional anymore. 
and all of these things would mean that that the club wouldn't be able to to survive that at that point. So, I mean, you talked about Iago Aspas saving them. Tell us first about that and also why Iago Aspas is so special and has this special connection with Celta. Yeah, so as I said, they, they had this match against Deportiva La Vez, which meant that it, it was an enormous pressure on, on the players because if you lose this match, this club, club might not exist anymore. So it's not just the pressure of Mike going down, it's the pressure of one of the most historic clubs in Spanish football disappearing and you being a part reason of it. Um, and what happened, I, I talked to uh, Carlos Hugo, who, was the, who is today in the coaching staff of Celta. And back then, he was also the assistant coach to Esubi Sacristan, who was the head coach of that team. Uh, and he told me that they had a team that was full of veteran players, players who had a lot of experience, who had played in La Liga and all these things. And, uh, and they couldn't handle the pressure. They basically completely froze uh, because it was so much pressure on their, in their shoulders uh, and they didn't know how to handle it. Uh, so Celta were struggling a lot in this match. It's at, I think, one hour uh, played, it was still nil-nil, uh, but Celta were probably struggling more than, than Alaves was. And at that moment, uh, Esubi Sacristan and, and Carlos Hugo, they decide to give this kid his first team debut at Balaidos, his, his home debut for the club. And what Carlos Hugo told me is that normally when they give a youth player his debut, they, they have a lot of like a checklist of things that, that needs to be right for it to be the right circumstances. Because it's so important the moment that you give a youth team player his debut, uh, because that can affect him for the out of his career if things go badly. So for, for them, it, it was important that it was a match where there wasn't a lot at stake. So if a mistake wouldn't end up in, in something horrendous. Uh, and basically, this was the worst possible match you could ever give a youth team player's debut because it was the most important match in the history of Celta de Vigo. And that's when they were like, okay, Iago Aspas, stand up. It's time to make your home debut. And he told me that the reason that they took that decision was because they noticed that this kid, he was different. He was something completely else. He didn't, uh, pressure didn't affect him. Uh, they had seen when he were in the youth teams and when he came up to train with the first team, the first time, it, it was, it didn't look like when another youth, any other youth team player came up, they all would be nervous and have nerves and all of these things. And with Iago, they saw nothing of that. He just went in, started dribbling all the players and playing just the same way he had in, in the youth teams. And that's also a thing that they say here about Iago Aspas is that he plays the exact same way in front of 80,000 as he does when he played football as a kid on the street. He's a, a, a typical street player and, and he, he doesn't feel the, the pressure. Um, and that's what the Esubio and, and Carlos Hugo said at that moment, that this, this kid is different, so we're going to give him his debut. And what happens is that, that Iago Aspas comes onto the pitch and I think it's the 84th minute or something like that. He, he scores and gives Celta the lead. Then Alaves equalizes. And in extra time, he was about to score his second goal. Uh, and win, with that, wins the match. So in his very, very first match at Balaidos, he scores two goals and saves Celta de Vigo from basically going out of business. And if he would have retired that day, he would be a legend 
for, forever for Santarivigo. So it's so like on his very, very first day, he already kind of became this cult hero that, that he still is today and that he's even more today. So, so that's the way he, he kind of introduced himself to, to the Salsa fans. <laughs> Aspas' rescue act proved to be the first day of the rest of Celta's life, changing the club's fortunes and defining an icon from the very beginning. So then in 2009, where Iago Aspas saves the club, basically what happens is during that time, you get Carlos Mourinho comes in and becomes the new owner and president of Celta. And he comes in a little bit before 2009. Um, and then what, so the, the kind of reform of CELSA, of creating the new CELSA kind of starts where the base is the youth academy. And there's a lot of focus on Amadroa, which is, is the youth academy of, of CELSA and creating youth players. And in this team that then starts the road back to La Liga, it's very much built on, on the youth teams uh, and youth players. You have uh, Hugo Mayo, who is today the captain of CELSA de Vigo. You have him at 18 years old kind of going straight into the starting 11 and becoming a key figure. You have Yaguaspas uh, obviously taking a key role in that as well. And, and that's where like the new building starts. And it starts with Esubi Sacristan as a coach, which then goes on. Then you have Paco Herrera, followed by Luis Enrique and then Eduardo Berrizo. And what makes that so successful in the end is that from each coach, it's very similar coaches. So each coach, is, when they come in, it's not like they, okay, we take everything away and we create something new, but they build on what was already there. So through these coaches, it just improves, improves and improves until we get to the moment where Eduardo Berisso leads Celta to the Europa League semi-final, which uh, is historic for, for this club and, and uh, an incredible moment. Uh, so all that is, and at the same time, Celta are fixing their, their financial situation. They are becoming really smart in how they do their signings. They spend very, very little money, uh, but they convince players of signing for Celta because of what they are building, because the project they are, are having and, and use uh, th these kind of things to make players come, even though they won't pay them a lot. Uh, and in that way, and at the same time, they're doing quite well scouting. So they get really good players, Nolito being one of them, of course, um, Oriana, uh, another one, and, and, and so on. And they build this extremely strong team uh, that suddenly beats Barcelona, not just beats Barcelona, but I think there was one or two matches where Celta basically humiliated Barcelona, especially one match I remember where uh, Andres Iniesta, after the match, completely shocked you said, we were outplayed. We were completely outplayed. And this is when you don't think Barcelona can be outplayed. Um, so, so this is what is being created. And at the same time, Celta are in their best financial situation that they have been in 
maybe in the club's history. Last season, Celta began to move away from the model of perennial top flight struggle, which, even if you have Superman on hand to save you, is a wearing existence. The Eduardo Buriso era had promised stability, and the former Celta player guided his team to semi-finals in the Europa League, where they agonisingly lost out to Manchester United, and the Copa del Rey before he left for Sevilla in 2017. Five coaches in three years followed Buriso's exit, but under another Argentinian, Eduardo Cudet, future now seems brighter. First of all, the attitude he shows. Mm, each game, even if we are winning 3-0, I don't know, he's still screaming at the players the whole time. He's not sitting down in the bench just watching. So he, I think he showed, found a way to pass on this attitude to the players. And also, I think he talked to them and really asked them where, or, or he found it, I don't know, where do these players play their best football? She, she, he switched some positions and I think he found the right one, the right position for a lot of players that were maybe making small mistakes before because they weren't, weren't in, the, in the right positions and they were making small mistakes that were costing, costing a lot of points to the team. Um, even the game started to be more fun to watch also like as a fan because even if the results at the end of the game wasn't great you were left with these good vibes and good feeling that the players were fighting the whole time they didn't become slow i think this high intensity in the trainings and in the games he pushed them harder like mentally and physically so i think this helped them a lot to fight for every single ball aspas isn't the only hero of the day of course a gifted forward now in his 30s, like Aspas, Nolito is another out-of-towner seduced by Celta and the Galician Sea. Born in Andalusia and a Barcelona Academy graduate, he found his place here and is now in his second spell at Balaidos. I've said that we have to come through two seasons at Celta Vigo further down the division than we should have been, and we only lacked a little something. The arrival of the new coach, Cude. He's given us a bit of everything. I think that he's involved everyone in the squad and made everyone feel part of it. You have to run. You don't win games on reputation. You have to put the effort in. You have to make the most of your individual quality and technique that you expect from a Celta Vigo footballer. That's how you win games. For us, it's something we hope for. It's difficult, it's complicated. But of course we will try, take each game as it comes, and in this life, everything is possible. Rather than looking over their shoulders all the time, Celta are flush with optimism again, and the prospect of a return to European competition, which Celta even flirted with a bit at the back end of last season, is back in the players' minds. For me... I think it will be a great achievement. And, of course, like, I, I guess there are a, a players a, around the club who are familiar with the region, who must know how excited everyone around the club gets when you play in Europe. What sort of difference do you think it would make to your season going forward if, if, if you could aim for that? Yeah, I think it will bring joy. And it's like everyone wants to because... Playing in the Europa League, playing in the Champions League is, is, is a different stage, right? So for me personally, I think it will bring much joy and much more like everyone will try to 
put much effort on his personal staff to, 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 to get there. This is what you get from the Celta team when you have a real proper coach, which they haven't really had before. Um, it's been like the last couple of years, I think Celta has been the most frustrating football team that you can ever imagine because they've had some of these incredible players. You know, Rafinha was here not long ago. You have Iaguaspas, you have Piki Iaguaspas, and they've wasted Piki Iaguaspas, and that is so frustrating. Um, and then you have uh, Denis Suarez, you have Santimina, you have these really players that I would say some of them that a team like Celta normally wouldn't really have because they wouldn't afford to sign them, but they have them because they've kind of been formed in their youth academy at some point and they have a connection to, to Celta, which is why they want to play there. So if you had Euro Celta, kind of because they spend too much money, they almost they went down to the second division and almost further. Now, had it not been for Iaguaspas, I can 100% say that Celta had been a segunda club at this point. Uh, there's been at least three times where they should have gone down, but they didn't because of Iaguaspas. So if he hadn't existed, they would have gone down because they spent too little money. So it's <laughs> that, that's to kind of nut it together. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble.
Welcome back to Ramble Meets Celta Vigo. Now, we know about the club, but what about its connection to the city? An isolated place like Vigo has to generate its own fervour, and it's a connection that was kept alive even when players and fans were apart during the pandemic. Here's Paula. Well, you can, um, I mean, it depends, but you can see a lot of people in the street wearing the official um, merchandise and that are really try to be really close as close as they can to the players and to the so in social media like answering a lot of the discussions in the everyday life you cannot go to a meeting with friends or to a bar or whatever without having to talk about celta and football and touching that subject so yeah you find it everywhere even if you don't like it you have to deal with it because other people will be talking about how was the match that weekend? Almost everyone is never happy, but because they talk about the things that they think are wrong. But yeah, you have to to deal with it if you don't like it. But it's present in almost every conversation. For Alexandra Johnson, the club's role in the everyday is inescapable, despite the locals maybe keeping it under their hats, much like their love for their city itself. I think it, it plays a bigger part than than people think and also a bigger part than maybe the people here realize themselves. Because what I find quite interesting, or, or to start with, before I had been to Vigo or, or, or seen Celta, my expectations weren't very big because I hadn't heard a lot about Galicia. People don't really talk so much about Galicia as they do about Andalusia or, or Barcelona or even the Basque country. Um, and the same comes a little bit when it comes to, to Celta and the Celta fans. People don't really talk about the Celta fans like they do about the Betis fans or even the Usasuna fans and, and this passion or the Valencia fans. So I didn't really have that big expectations. And a part of me felt like, okay, maybe... Vigo is a, a part of Spain where they don't care as much about football as other parts. That maybe it's a, a place where, you know, you support Barcelona or Real Madrid and the, the local team is just the local team because you have some places like that in Spain. Uh, but that is as far away uh, from it that, as it comes because they, they are extremely passionate about self-care, but they maybe don't show it uh, in the same way as you will see in, in, for instance, the south of Spain. They are a little bit more... I would say reserved uh, might be the word in, in how they, they show their, their support. But the longer you are here and the more you talk to people, you realize how Celta is part of everything. Uh, there is the conversations always at some point, there will be talk about, about Celta de Vigo and what's going on. And even people who aren't really interested in football, they, they know things about Celta and they care about the club. Uh, and you especially see that when you have uh, big matches or, or big happenings, then the, the city kind of transforms and, and you will start seeing everyone is out in a Zelda shirt. And, uh, and there is like the small things everywhere. It's just like, it's, Zelda is present in everything, but without being screened. When it comes to a home match day, that passion is a lot more explicit. Baleiros is a curious stadium where the stands don't hem in the pitch to intimidate but a certain magic is still created, which often knocks the giants of Spain out of their stride. Some of Barcelona's best teams of recent memory really struggled here. Former Celta boss Luis Enrique returned with his Barca side in April 2015, weeks before Messi, Neymar, Suarez and company won the club's last Champions League. 
They edged a victory that day, but Barca then didn't win here for another five and a half years. I asked Nolito what the secret is behind the spell that Baleiros casts. I don't know. It's so intimate. Whether they are rivals like Barcelona, Real Madrid, Sevilla, Atletico Madrid, they all have to work really hard to win in Baleiros. If they win, they have to suffer to get there. Well, Baleiros is our fortress. We try, each time we play in Baleiros, to win for the fans that push us on. I hope that in the future, all the strongest teams in the Spanish league know that they can lose in Baleidos. It's a city that it's small, but the players are really happy living here, I think so, because of what I've heard. So you feel this special love to the city and they like to defend the, the I don't know, the city, the team in front of their public that I don't know, like, this year not, but the last one that we had fans in the stadium, it was voted the best. We were voted the best fans in the in La Liga. Um, so I don't know. Maybe the team feels this responsibility to defend the the team, the city, what Vigo means in front of their fans. And I don't know why is it, but we always play better against the big teams that it's done <laughs> against the small ones. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's a thing of honor and, I don't know, showing that even if we're a small city and we're not the capital of Spain and we are not Barcelona, but we can um, fight for ourselves and it's a great city and great people and maybe it's a way of showing that. I don't know. I think it's a mindset the players have when having to go against these big teams in Balaidos. Too blonde. Delta players combining well. Hugo Mayo on the overlap. Given plenty of time to make the cross with Eddie. 4-1 to Celta. Barca are down and out. Technical knockout. Eight minutes to go. Widetti makes it four. And the face of Louis Met of Leo Messi tells the story. Messi and Football Club Barcelona get taught a lesson in teamwork, in attacking football, in finishing, and Widetti makes it for. I think it has a bit to do with the way Celta approached those games, uh, especially when it comes to Barcelona, because they managed to have such success against them. It creates this confidence, even during a season where Celta, everything is going against them. There is still that thought when, when Barca comes that we can beat Barcelona because we, we have done it before and we've shown that, that we can do it. And then I think it's also that pre-match atmosphere that I was talking about before that you don't really see on the TV, uh, but that happens for all of these matches. When Barcelona comes, when Real Madrid comes, when Sevilla comes and when Valencia comes, the outside of the stadium when the bus arrives, it's incredible. It is is full on. And it, when a match is really important, those matches are always seen as, as really important here. Uh, the players really notice and note that and, and the fans make sure that, that they know it. And I think they just, in some way, go into those matches with, with a different attitude uh, than they might in, in some others. And it, it doesn't matter how the season is going or anything, but when those teams come, it's like they have something to prove and not just something to prove, but something that they know that they can do because they, they have kind of done it before. 
So I think it, it's more has to do with Celta rather than than with the, the conditions of, of the stadium or the weather and, and how that affects the other teams. It's more the, the way that Celta approaches those games feels so much different from when they go out in, in other matches. Though nobody wanted football without fans, you suspect some of those well-heeled superstars of La Liga might have quietly breathed a sigh of relief at not having to run the gauntlet of Balaidos. Every club has been through it, but for Celta, those near 18 months with an empty stadium bit hard, in an environment where representing your city and your region means everything. That's not to mention keeping Paula, who moved continents for this, waiting. Especially more now that I've been anticipating this for a whole year, that I now live here and I want to yeah, go to every match each weekend. We have a lot of rain here, so it doesn't matter if it rains or it's windy or whatever. <laughs> we just talk about, um, like with my friends and family, how we're going to make it to be able to sit together every game. And um, yeah, you start like anticipating it so much. And especially because it, the team is also playing good and it's fun to watch. You want to be here, there present to to be to see if they are able to keep going this way next season. I hope they do. I think they will be able to. Uh, they just need to maybe these past games we missed a lot of players because due to COVID or um, some problems. Um, so we need some better backups maybe um, get them from Celta B or from whichever other team so I think that's what we need to be secure that next season is going to be as good as the end of this one and so if you mix the anticipation of not being able to go for a year to the stadium with the how good the team is playing um, people are really excited and happy about it and now they're back albeit in limited numbers it's not quite the real deal just yet, and Celta have had a slow start to the new season. They will come back, though, as they have so many times before, and before long, Balaidos will make itself heard again. With Celta Vigo, there's just no holding back the tide. Football Ramble Presents is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.